So we, we wanted to, to scale up because it was relatively hands-off with their, their single family properties that we have, and they were generating enough. You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hello, Right Club Nation. This is Danielle Saint-Jean, one of the co-founders. Before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out The Rock yet? What's The Rock? Well, it's The Right Club online community, a place where you can go to find your real estate investing and business answers and network with like-minded people. We have interactive forums all the podcast episodes and hours of videos with a wide range of real estate investing, training and education and much more. It's free to join. So be sure to come grow with us at therightclub.com. Now on with the podcast. Right Club Nation, welcome to another awesome episode of the Right Club podcast. I'm Sarah Larby and I'm here with my wonderful Wonderful new father co-host Alfonso Salemi. Hey, buddy, how are you doing? Awesome, Sarah. Doing great. Uh, you know, not sleeping, loving coffee more than I ever have before. I know you've been a coffee connoisseur for a long time. I'm just like, give me the caffeine <laughs> the quickest way I can get it now. But uh, doing great, having an awesome time, loving, loving being a, a new dad and uh, and spending time with Giacomo. Um, and yeah, things are awesome. How about you? How are you doing? I am doing amazing. I, you know, obviously the weather's changed and my mood usually goes with the weather. Um, but, you know, some things are happening and I am still having fun. I'm working on the resort that is going to be like probably the most fun project I've ever worked on in my life. Um, and, you know, other than that, I'm still enjoying life. I mean, you know, obviously I can't be outside in the sun as much, but there is still a lot of good things happening. And, you know, I, I am living with uh, the time that I wanted to spend working versus not working and, and reading and going to the gym and uh, working on my fitness and all that good stuff. So what's, what's new with you? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, just based on what you just said, right, is really customizing how you want to live your day to day, yeah. right? Not having to be somewhere on someone else's schedule. You know, you still have a busy schedule. I know we talk and there's lots of things that you have on the go and going on and still busy, but you're planning it. You're deciding what hours, when, with who, and how you're spending that. And that's that's the part that I get to love is, you know, there's a lot of things that I do on a day-to-day -day basis for, for, for JAG properties, for care op, right? For the right club that we're doing, but really scheduling out the things that I want to do. Now I can't schedule sleep because that's just, you know, just not going to happen in the next few months and probably years with, with a little guy, but, you know, being able to being there, holding him in my arms, just looking him in the eyes and be like, you know what? I'm not going to look at emails for an hour. I'm not going to do anything, but listen to like baby Mozart in the background and just hang out with them and just being there and being present. I think that's the biggest benefit of, you know, investing, being your own boss, being able to do what you want and, you know, whatever that is, there's no right, there's no wrong. It's just finding that out. And sometimes that is hard to do, to find out what am I going to do? Because, you know, after a certain while, I feel anxious. I'm like, I got to get to doing something, but really finding out what you enjoy and getting to that every day is so important. And uh, yeah, today is a great example with Matthew and Esther. You know, they talked about a little bit about, they're still full-time. They still work full-time as a teacher as a social worker, they love their jobs, they love their roles, but they're also real estate investors. They're providing a future for themselves, for their family, 
as well as, you know, still working full time and time blocking. We've talked a little bit about that in this podcast as well, too. Absolutely. So Esther Nicholas, Matthew Regan, they've been together for 12 plus years and, uh, and, and started off by house hacking. And I think, you know, just like even the discussion that we have about their progression and then them buying a 25 unit mixed or not mixed use, but, you know, multifamily, uh, getting into the commercial realm, I think is incredible. And, uh, and seeing how they were able to, you know, step out of their comfort zone and do something completely different. So I think it's super inspirational, super motivational. Uh, if you are in the Ottawa area, check out invest her her meetup group has been well received and it is so cool like i can't wait to go to the ottawa region and uh, and be part of it myself as well i hope you enjoy the podcast don't forget to leave a rating and review and check out our free resources at therightclub.com there is a lot of free resources and many 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 webinars and anything else that you can think of. If you want to build a team, you can go there as well. If you want to ask questions, you can go there as well. So lots of great stuff, but enough with that. I think we've got a great, great podcast as well today. Esther Nicholas, Matthew Regan, let's bring them in. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Esther and Matthew. So, so great to have you guys on. You guys are, you know, we were just chatting just before we started recording here and you guys are just such a nice couple for, for all those that are listening Give us a little bit of a background uh, about uh, about yourselves. Um, Kick it off. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we, I'm Esther and he's Matt. We both live in Ottawa. Uh, we are originally not from Ontario, though. I'm from uh, St. Home in the Laurentians. And I'm from just outside of Halifax, Nova Scotia. And uh, we've been living in Ottawa since 2013. And we have two young kids. They're four and five in a chocolate lab. And I'm a teacher. And I'm a social worker. And we also have a real estate investing company. And we love investing in real estate. That's why we're here, I guess. And so we, uh, <laughs> yeah, we have uh, single families. And now we're venturing off into multifamilies. We've done a bit of everything. We've done, um, like I said, single families, uh, secondary dwelling, and now multifamilies. Very cool. So a teacher and a social worker, usually not the professions that think outside the box, no offense to anybody in terms of, you know, not relying on the pension, doing something where you could potentially retire earlier. What got you into real estate? And and I'm just curious too, was it Esther or Matthew first? Because I think we both came to it at the same time. We honestly cannot answer this question every time it's asked to us because we don't know. We it's like we morphed into investors. It it just happened naturally. Very organically. Like we wanted to invest and create some passive income. And we looked at just like many people, we looked at, you know, day trading, we looked at just different types of investing. And real estate is something that just kept coming back as uh, you know, a solid, safe we consider safest um investment to to put your money and um and so yeah we uh i think to be honest that we became real estate investors by accident because we lived in montreal for years Mm. before moving to ottawa and we always lived in you know small apartments and going to university and everything so we were used to a certain space and when we bought a house in ottawa it was a bungalow near the ottawa hospital here and we thought it was so big for just the two of us. We had no kids at the time. We had no dog. No, we had a dog, but still it was way too big. So we immediately decided to um, uh, do a secondary dwelling in the basement just to 
Yeah. We didn't, yeah, didn't need the space. And I mean, we were, there was parts of the home that we never stepped foot in. So one day we said, listen, we know of people that are doing this now let's, uh, let's take a closer look, mm -hmm. did some research and then away we went, we uh, put in the secondary dwelling and, um, and started renting it out. And it almost when I remember the day, we remember the day when we had our first uh, rent payment. And we said to ourselves, oh my goodness, like, is this legal? <laughs> like we just, we, we just, like, wow. we, we have a, you know, we did the secondary dwelling, went through all the steps, put down a ton of money to do it. It was hard work getting that set up um, and uh, rented it out. And it just started working month to month. We, um, you know, we're collecting rent. We're basically living mortgage free because um, the, the rent rate was covering our, our costs and it forced appreciation in our home and so so we house hacked without knowing yeah. what house hack was that's cool can i can i ask what year this was just for like timing yeah. yes for sure it was uh 2015 yeah. so we bought in 2015. and for those that are familiar with the market in ottawa um around that time there was a huge uptick in the uh, in the market so i mean of course we had the the appreciation from the market but we also forced appreciation we um we bought a home that needed a bit of work, um, but we didn't put, that's not where we put our money. We put all our money into the lower level because we knew we wanted to make a passive income. Like the home was totally functional, even though walking into our kitchen was like stepping into a time capsule, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we wanted Amazing. to get the, the lower level uh, finished and rented out and it just started working. And with that money, we were able to put more money aside for, for other investments. So I want to ask, when you started that process, you know, Esther said you kind of did it by accident. It's 2015. You said, okay, we have way too much space. You know, the, the chocolate lab doesn't need his own floor, right? So we want, to, we, want to utilize, we want to utilize that space. What was what was the first step that you took? You guys said, you know, we, we looked, we researched, we spent money. But what was that that gave you that first step? Obviously, you had the space. That was a big benefit to you. But what was the first step to get you going and get you on the right track to doing that? To be honest, we had been watching a lot of income property episodes. Mm -hmm. um, so watching that show, we thought, well, yeah. if Scott can do it. I'm sure anybody <laughs> can do it, you know, no big deal. And, and when we looked for houses, we purposely looked for a house with a separate entrance. So we had planned for this. Mm -hmm. years yeah. before we actually bought the house and we knew it wasn't going to be that simple like I, i'm happy you brought up um income property because i don't know if if uh if enough people we hear a lot of podcasts and people say i just put in a secondary dwelling but really i think the root of a lot of those ideas is that show now and we yeah. knew that it wasn't as simple as just simply going and doing it there's a lot more to that and finding a property that has you know the right structure and that it can actually be done because i think a lot of people probably get themselves into trouble with mm -hmm. ceiling heights and so on. And in some neighborhoods, you just can't some neighborhoods do it. is only, well, right? but um, yeah. So yeah, we 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 talked a lot about it, and this is something we do as a as a couple where we you know we we talk about every decision, and if one of us is not on board, then we pull the plug and we don't we don't pursue it. But it was something that we were both on board for. We really didn't have anything to lose. We worked hard to uh, to have those funds to be able to uh, to to put in the secondary dwelling. At the time, and I don't want to make this sound like we just simply went and did this. There was a lot of sacrifices that went with this, right? We, um, you know, I was working two jobs at the time. I was working, you know, as a social worker at one of the hospitals, and then working in the emergency room at a children's hospital. Um, and uh, you know, we were avoiding, you know, a lot of spending. We're eating out. We, you know, did not we go on vacations, sharing, car, sharing a car, et cetera, et cetera, to make that happen. So. Yeah, we, um, we made the, you know, we analyzed it, looked at if it was possible, it was, and we just took the leap and we don't regret it. <laughs>
And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Building Stack. Building Stack is a software and a platform that helps make our lives so much easier as real estate investors and landlords. And Building Stack actually helps us from anything from collecting rent, finding tenants, filling vacancies, communicating to our staff and our tenants and anything from even signing documents and leases online. There's so much more as well. And they're a great solution for any portfolio size. I mean, even if you have like one or two properties or hundreds of properties, there is going to be an opportunity for you to utilize this to make your lives so much easier. And as you know, I say work on the business, not in the business. And this is a great software to be able to do that and manage your portfolio as efficiently as possible. So visit buildingstack.com or email sales at buildingstack.com. And also make sure to mention the right club because there is a great promo and a discount that you get for that. So again, buildingstack.com and mention the promo code, the right club. And now back to the show. And now back to the show. You know what? I think that's an important thing that you said, because a lot of people look at like the success where people are now, oh my God, they can retire. And then they don't actually realize the sacrifices that were put in the beginning. And I'll tell you, I mean, ultimately we all think that they're well worth it once we get to the other side. But I mean, like you, I was working two jobs, like my first job, I was barely making like five bucks an hour when I looked at the time that I was putting into it. And, you know, again, barely could afford a car, barely could afford to have, you know, the nice meals and then going out and that kind of stuff. But there there are sacrifices that we make, I think, from a temporary standpoint to be able to, you know, live like most people can't in five years, six years, seven years. So Mm -hmm. I, I think that's really important that you said that because, it's like that iceberg picture, right? People see the top and they don't see all the stuff that goes into the bottoms. So yeah. obviously you started with house hacking. How did you get into that second one where you're like, actually now this is, you know, we're investors and we're, you know, doing something that's out of where we're living. Well, when we saw the power of real estate and how much our house appreciated in such, such a short period, uh, we thought, okay, you know, we're not having too much trouble uh, managing the tenants. It's going really well. We're really enjoying it. And I'm sure, you know, there will be challenges along the way. And there was, but, uh, but in 2019, that's when we were ready to take, uh, to, so to refinance this house basically and use um, the money for a down payment on our, um, on our row house um, here in Ottawa as well, Um, which same thing, we did a mini burr. Um, and and that's the thing we um, often you hear in other podcasts or just in networks where you hear somebody doing something that works. So it's a secondary dwelling conversion. They'll go ahead and repeat that. And we're we're not close to that either. But we had the funds from you know the savings that we had from the the secondary dwelling appreciation, um, and we were looking for something. And it just so happened to be that a uh, a freehold um, row house. Um, was a you know it would cash flow it had enough um uh enough value add to make it worthwhile so it was just pretty basic it was some flooring um backsplash stainless steel uh, faucets just basic stuff light fixtures like just patch and paint and we were able to uh to rent that property out and away we went with uh with another property in our portfolio and it was uh cash flowing from the day we got it and not an issue to rent it out and then basically we just continued uh, continued doing that and 
away with the next single family and I love that because, you know, what we always talk about that and, you know, a lot of people say, you know, you can't cash flow on single family homes. You know, that was a big reason with rent to own. We buy single family homes and because of option payments. But, you know, how did you how did you acquire this property or how did you find it and, and still be able to make it cash flow? Like, did it was it off market? Was it through listing? How, how did you guys acquire or find the property? Good question. It was on MLS, actually, that property. Um and it was uh, in the winter, so that also helped. Um, the, the sellers were very motivated. I'm not sure something happened and they really needed to sell. And uh, the, the market was not as crazy as it is right now either. And still, still competition. There was still, yeah. a, there were still multiple offers on it, but it's just to show that MLS is an excellent resource. Mm -hmm. You can find properties that cash flow, but you, we were, we were spending a lot of time on MLS trying to find the right deal. Yeah. And um, we had a great real estate agent as well, who was that's key. Investor focused yeah. and uh, yeah. he, yeah, he was awesome. And we knew how to run the numbers. Like you, you see, um, you know, a lot of people, they, they really just, they almost ignore MLS and they believe that only good deals are found off market. And there's a lot of great deals that are off market, but there's also, off market and then there's off market you hear people talk about i had this deal on off uh, off market deal because they're on someone's email list mm -hmm. but how many people are on that email list you're, you're still in competition with a lot of other people and, but anyway and a lot of those deals are retail like yeah. if you really really run the numbers they're actually not below market yeah. anymore because because of the lack of inventory they've been able to and i've talked to many of them because many of them are my friends they're able to still do really well by putting it as you know, even a retail price, and still there's a lot of interest. So why wouldn't they? I mean, they're in a business so, too. Finding and, a and also, we found out what the seller was exactly. looking for, and we knew we had the funds. We have a really good relationship with our mortgage broker as well, and we knew our finances were mm -hmm. good to go. So we, it was not an issue for us to close very quickly. Yeah. So I think that played a big right. role. Yeah. In, and then and a lover. another way to um, another technique that we, I don't know where we picked it up, but um, we uh, were able to waive our conditions by doing a few things. I mean, obviously we knew that we had the funds in place. We knew we could get financing, but in terms of the, uh, the inspection, we, you know, through the agent, we found out what the seller wanted, which was a quick close. And, um, and so we brought our own inspector. We were willing to pay him his, uh, his rate to be with us on the walkthrough so that we didn't have to have that as a condition. And uh, we knew the property was in relatively good shape, but we wanted to have uh, an inspection because it gives us a timeline, you know, when to start thinking about the roof and the furnace and the windows, et cetera. And, uh, and so we were able to waive uh, our conditions and there were offers that were higher than ours on that property, Ooh, yes. um, but they went with ours because we gave them. With and now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Right Club Nation, let's take a quick minute here to meet our sponsor for the week, Blackjack Contracting. They've been serving Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas, and for the past three years, becoming the area's largest basement suite renovation specialist. That's right, and Blackjack works with real estate investors, both new and experienced, converting single-family homes into multiple legal suites and renovating properties to achieve their maximum potential and value. Absolutely, and they've completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls, and everywhere in between. They handle everything from permitting and design to final cleaning before you list your rentals. And they also have fully licensed electrical contractors certified with the ESA and take jobs of all sizes. 
Make sure to check them out at blackjackcontractinginc.ca and also follow them on social media at blackjackcontractinginc. And they say investing can sometimes feel like the biggest gamble of your life, but when you have blackjack on your side, the house always wins. So now, back to the podcast. And now, back to the show. Yeah, sometimes a clean offer gets the win, right? Mm-hmm. So let's, let's just fast forward a little bit because, you know, you've, you've been doing a lot of really awesome things in the last, you know, even two years. Um, and you, you're, you're, I think, pivoting to multifamily. Can you, can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah. Sure, sure. So we, we wanted to, to scale up because it was relatively hands off with their, their single family properties that we have, and they were generating enough cash flow that we didn't have to rent out our lower level anymore. Um, so we took that back, along came the kids, and, um, and we wanted to continue scaling up. But we didn't want to make a ton of mistakes doing it and we wanted to scale up faster. So we hired a coach and we um, you know, went through all the different options. And there's no one perfect one. I know rent to owns are excellent and some people focus on secondary bonds. And multifamilies just looked like something we really wanted to invest in because at the end of the day, if we if you have a multifamily, say it's a sixplex or tenplex, et cetera. Um, you have all those tenants paying into the same roof, paying into the same furnace. Uh, if you go vacant on one unit, the other tenants cover off for that, that vacancy. And, um, and we started to look outside of the Ottawa market. Um, and so we got connected to a network of, uh, of other investors. We just started putting ourselves out there much more. And, uh, and then we you know, basically made the decision that we wanted to, uh, to invest in multifamilies. We feel like that's uh, the safest thing for us right now. Not that we won't eventually maybe go back to doing something different. We, we invest in whatever works, right? We're not shy to, um, you know, to, you know, pivot out of single families or pivot out of secondary dwellings and go into to multifamilies. We, we, we do what works and it just felt like multifamilies would be the, the next step up for us. I think what we liked also about the multifamily, you know, like six units and plus more specifically is that the building qualifies, you know, for the yeah. bank, not us. And we knew that eventually, you know, with their incomes yeah. and we would max out at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so we thought, let's, let's yeah. learn the strategy so that that doesn't happen and that we can continue. To yeah, stay. that was an eye opener for us. Like we, it's been a whole lot of learning with, with coaching, but with single families, and you see this when you, when you go to the banks, the first thing they ask for are your T4s and so on. On the multifamily side, once you hit six units and up, it's a commercial property. And the first questions they ask are they want to see the rent roll, the expenses. So they look to qualify, like Esther said, qualify the building first. And then they look at you afterwards and they, from what we've experienced, like banks love multifamilies. They love them. Especially purpose built. Purpose built. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So are you guys kind of incorporating the same type of strategies? You know, on MLS, it's definitely a little bit tougher to find those multis. They come up a little bit less. You talked about your network, the community of investors going out and finding deals yourself and, you know, analyzing them. Um, what, what strategies are you guys enacting on to, to go and find these, these properties? Network, network, yes, network, network, <laughs> network, network. That's what we've uh, realized is the network changes everything. Um, it uh, it gave us so many opportunities, and and we were shy at first. I think, especially in our profession, um, we're taught. I find any profession, and I have um, a couple of nurse friends who also invest in real estate, and there's always almost almost a stigma attached to it where 
when you care for other people, um, you shouldn't be wanting pursue. to, you know, have wealth or pursue yeah. money or so it's a, it's a dichotomy almost. Um, yeah, we, but once you put yourself out there, so many great things mm -hmm. happen because people can do business with you if they don't know what and, you're doing. And so here we are today. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, uh, yeah, putting ourselves out there, Zoom calls almost every day. Like we have a very busy life. Like, well, get one thing straight like we're husband and wife and parents first and then real estate investors uh later on but we uh when the kids go down like we we schedule in zoom calls we connect with other investors um because through that we've been able to find all kinds of great prospects they're not just on mls um you know we've had people over the last couple of months reach out to us and say listen i had no idea you were interested in uh in real estate or multifamilies, I have a friend or brother, sister, et cetera, that's looking to sell their property. They don't want to do a ton of walkthroughs and put it on the market, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, we've been able to, uh, to look at deals that we would not have otherwise. Yes, uh, to make a lot of connections. I mean, that's interesting too, that you're networking to, to gain deals. Are you also networking? Like, have you done any joint ventures or, you know, taken loans from private lenders? Like, is that also something that you're utilizing? And if so, how are you utilizing it? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, we, we recently did a deal in, uh, in Nova Scotia, actually. It's a 25-unit multifamily property. Uh, 22 units are residential and then three are, are commercial. And like, I, like we were saying in the beginning, um, you know, sometimes, you know, if a deal works, you should really just go for it. Um, it doesn't have to be your type of real estate that you're focused on. Um, but through our network and through connecting with people, we were brought a great, a great deal. It was an off-market off market deal. Well. And um, it was 25 unit, like I said. And a lot of people would have shied away from it simply because it wasn't the deal that they found themselves. They did maybe wouldn't trust someone else. But when you know how to underwrite and you know how to run your numbers and you know what a good property is from a bad one, um, you can take a look at it as if it's your own. And with this deal, it was a partnership. Um, so we're owners on, on title. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so that all came about through, uh, through networking and putting ourselves out there. And uh, now where portfolio went from single families in a, in a secondary dwelling to boom, a, a 25 unit. So Congrats, really, really, amazing. Uh, and our partners live in Nova Scotia. So that's also helpful. Yeah. There are feet on the grounds. Um, you know. So what do you, so I'm just curious how you've split it. Like, like, what are you doing? What are they doing? How's the partnerships uh, split up? We're uh, equity partners. It's a 50, 50 um, uh, ownership. And um, yeah, so we're, we're equity, uh, equity partners on that deal. A uh, corporation was formed. And so we are part owners of that corporation. Uh, the property is held under the corporation. And so we put up a lot of our funds to have uh, skin in the game mm -hmm. and, you know, ran the numbers there's a reserve fund the the property is such that it cash flows enough that uh, it takes care of property management and so on and, um, and we help with whatever we could from a distance yeah. um you know setting up tenant cloud and yeah. helping out uh, finding superintendents and property managers uh, yeah. and all that um and in terms of you know feet on the ground and, and checking the renos it's our, our partners that are yeah managing partners that are over there so so the day-to-day -day operations, that's out of your hands. That's your business partner that's handling that kind of stuff. That's and that's 
And that's exactly what we wanted. Yeah. We, I mean, why are we involved in real estate? Like we wanted to create passive income. We're not the kind of people that like, we don't need a lot to be happy. Like we don't need to have fancy cars and like that. We just want to kind of, you know, have options with, uh, with real estate and why are we doing real estate to have some passive income? If you're able to do that through being an equity partner, go for it. If you're able to do that by just solely owning something, mm -hmm. do that as well. Um, too many one thing we've known we were talking about this earlier like one thing we've noticed is you have a lot of um investors that pass up deals that cash flow right they're able to qualify for them they have the funds they can take on that property but they're waiting for this golden deal <laughs> to come along the unicorn the unicorn and we feel like saying to them listen buy that deal if something better comes along you should get that one too <laughs> yeah because right. that perfect deal somebody else will snag it before they even know it if they're just waiting for that perfect deal and right now you always feel like you're overpaid but in five years everybody will tell you you're a genius right yeah because so yeah. real estate real estate you know from what we've learned and i still feel like we're kind of budding real estate investors but it's very forgiving in the long run like we, we we've come across this a few times where you know, someone pays over or they forget something or another and, um, and it kind of starts off rocky, but if you hold on to it long enough, mm -hmm. it's very forgiving in the long run. I would never do something where you're not cash flowing because you need to have a buffer. But, um, you know, if you, you know, did not go with an inspection and there's a big surprise where there's the roof or furnace or some big ticket item, if you're still able to hold on to it, find a way to hold on to it, um, in the long run, yeah. I and actually have a really good example of that. Sorry, then Alfonso, I know you were trying to, but that exactly happened to me because I bought this house in Brantford and even though my inspector went, the attic was shut and there was no hatch. Uh, and we realized that they had shut it on purpose and drywalled over and there was all this vermiculite asbestos and black mold and it was like a 20,000 thing. But I bought that thing for like, I bought that house for 236 <laughs> and it's probably worth like 600 now. I'm like, it is what it is. Like you said, real estate is very ago? forgiving. How many years ago was that? The, 2017. Like yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. the same thing. We have friends that did a similar thing as us. They bought a bungalow in the same area. And he was up in arms when he learned what, uh, what other homes were selling for, the comps. And I said to him, just can you pay it? Can you carry the mortgage? Does the tenant, does the tenant carry the overhead? And the answers were yes. I said, well, then, you know, that the market can change day to day. And two years later, he two was years so later, happy. He feels <laughs> like he's a genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I just wanted to circle back. And we were talking about, you know, finding that perfect deal or that unicorn, as you guys put it. I honestly, I, I'm a strong believer there is no such thing because it's already taken. It's already gone. It's the investors like yourselves, Sarah, myself, and all those that are listening to this podcast that make those deals, find those tenants, put the work in, uh, enact the strategy, whether it's duplexing or multifamily, it's actually putting in that work and getting there that makes that deal. And nothing is perfect, but makes makes the deal what from okay to good or to great. And even time compounds that over time. So for those that are listening, saying, oh, we got lucky or, well, I'm waiting for that perfect deal or everything has to line up. You're going to keep waiting and you're going to keep listening. And in five years from now, when Esther and Matthew are on this podcast again, and we're talking or even before that, and, and they've bought even more properties from then, you're going to be you know, sitting on your hands, wishing, hoping that you would have bought today. And even in a crazy market or it's competitive, you guys can still be successful. So um, I want to shift just a little bit. A little bit because I love when we when we have you know couples couples on the podcast and you guys mentioned you guys are parents uh, parents and you know a, a couple first and foremost I want to know how how it's changed your relationship and you know some of the pros and cons is it like 
constantly talking about real estate? Do you guys divide it out and say, okay, no, after a certain amount of time, or you no, know, when we're with the kids, we're not going to talk about cash flow and equity and all that kind of stuff. How has that, you know, um, changed your relationship? And I can only assume approved your relationship. I'm just stare at you while yeah, you that's answer not this exactly. question. <laughs> you know what? It's only been improving our relationship yeah. the same way having kids improved our relationship. You know, every new adventure together we get to discover each other more and we like we always knew we liked to work together and uh we have obviously personalities that match really well and uh we we, we involve the kids in it obviously not in the underwriting <laughs> yet uh, they're a little bit young for that and four and can five. i ask how old the kids are they're four and five yeah. okay um so but you know anytime we have a new house and we're we we're taking possession of it. They know we're going to the new house and we're doing some work to it. And so they help out, they bring their tools mm -hmm. and they walk around the house and they, you know, have a checklist yeah. and they, they draw whatever's broken. Yeah. And so we try to involve them and they, they like We that. split up tasks too. Like we, we are both able to do everything I feel, but obviously how it plays out is, you know, sometimes Esther feels more you know comfortable doing some things and I do other things like Esther's, definitely a better networker than I am in terms of putting yourself out there in social media. And, um, you know, I take on other things, whether it's, you know, dealing with if it's a lawyer or sometimes the accountant. He's a great and negotiator and awesome with tenants, tenants as well. I think the social worker part <laughs> really helps out. But that's amazing that you have both like different sets of skills. I mean, you get along really well and you can work really well, but you have different sets of skills that you bring to the table to help with the business. That's, that's awesome. Esther finds Esther can find a deal like no one. She scours MLS and networks, 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 and then, uh, but yeah, it's um, it's been great. Like it's it's been um, I have to say, like it, it wouldn't be right to not be honest. Like there's a lot of stress that comes with this, but I think you know going into uncharted waters together has been something that has only added to our relationship, and we've kind of you know we've been able to respect each other when we feel like you know it's not a deal worth pursuing any any. Mm -hmm. further but um and we get the other person's cues you know like yeah. i can tell when he feels stressed or if it's not right and the same thing for me so we don't push um yeah. and so is there somebody though that like is more like i don't know wants to do more deals and one person that's like more analytical like i'm just curious to know like is there one person that's like we got to do the next one it's so funny because it goes yeah it goes up Comes and down ways. some days i'm the, like okay we need like three more deals before the end yeah. of the year and like he he's gonna slow me down so we we really yeah. like complement each other that way i think yeah, yeah like a, yeah we we pull each other back when it's yeah, it's great that we both don't hit a wave at the same time where yes. we want to just go, Let's go, go and, buy <laughs> and try to, you know, grow the portfolio more. But um, yeah, like I just feel like we balance each other out. Yeah. That's good thing. And awesome. we always like to do like activities as couples anyways, whether it's to travel or to run triathlons together or training just or whatever. Things, it's, yeah. um, it's just a new thing to do and we enjoy that. I think that's important, right? Is, is even though you're investing together to find other passions and other things, that's not just business and business all the time, right? You don't want to be like parents and then business coworkers. Yeah, we have to tell each other, like, it's not, it's not everything. Like we have to say, we, we love our jobs. Like I, I, um, and there's, you get this sometimes in, in real estate networks where people, they, they have nothing good to say about their jobs and they just want out as fast as they can. And um, like, we like our jobs. And at the end of the day, real estate is important, but it's not everything. Our relationships 
in our kids. That's the, those are the things that are important to us. And real estate is great. It'll help us in our pension plan. And maybe if things, if we keep scaling like this, we may, you know, have uh, even more options, but um, you know, it's not everything. Yeah, it's like the cherry we on tell top. Each, yeah, we tell each other that all the time if we get stressed or if we feel like, you know, it's a bit too much and we find uh, find ways to, to work around it. Yeah, yeah. what a wonderful it's perspective. Fun I love you. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Aww, That's so That's cute. <laughs> That is worth more than any equity or cash flow right there. That, that's, that is the underwriting of every deal right there. And it's, a, it's amazing. You guys are just such a wonderful. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. We love hearing that. And it, it definitely, it definitely comes through you know, the passion for each other, the passion of what you guys do. And, and uh, your, your two little ones are very lucky to have great examples um, you know, to, to, to show them as, as they grow up and learn that, you know, they can enjoy what they do and, you know, as well as, you know, do some other things to, to push them outside of their comfort zones and continue to grow. So awesome. Awesome. I love, I love that. And, and why I bring up the, uh, the subject. So, um, yeah, I think at, at this point, I hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh. I do have one more question before we get into the lightning round. Okay. Can you talk ahead. about, sorry, Alfonso, can you, cause I think this is, this is awesome. Can you talk about invest her? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, um, in, I don't know if you know, but it's, uh, I, I did not invent the term invest her. It's uh, it's an American podcast, actually the real estate invest her show. Uh, and it was created by Andresa Gidei and Liz Faircloth. And I had been what, uh, listening to the, the podcast for a couple of years. And I thought it was so nice to have only women's perspectives and they only interview women. And I knew they had meetups all over the United States. And I reached out to them someday and I said, hey, are there any meetups in Canada and more specifically in Ottawa? And they said no. And I said, um, can I start one? And I felt a bit of the imposter syndrome because I, I, we only had a couple of properties at that time. And I was wondering if I was qualified enough to do it. But uh, I still decided to, to start with it. So the first one was... Uh, uh, in February, it was all virtual, of course, because of COVID, and uh, it went really well. So every month, uh, every second month, I bring in a guest, and uh, it's, a, it's always a woman investor or somewhat related to real estate. And uh, and then the following uh, month, it's a networking event. Now it's in person. We're so excited to have in-person networking events again. And I just thought it was such a great concept because I've always loved you know, every conference that I've ever been to or, um, you know, courses, but I often felt like I wasn't really represented as a woman. It was very male dominated. So um, I think it was, uh, it was a need because it, there are a lot more women investors than I thought there was here in Ottawa and, and in Toronto. So no, it's just really nice to um, let to give the opportunity to women to talk about challenges and and uh, ask questions you know in a safe space absolutely thank you for organizing it that's awesome and you're right i mean in a way real estate and finances was always a you know i don't know masculine type of role but i think recently tables are starting to change and uh, and women are becoming more and more interested which is awesome yes and when women have uh, are financially free and have more financial um, literacy, they're more free to, you know, leave um, difficult relationships or abusive yep. relationships or leave difficult jobs. And 
it, it, I just find that it's it, so such an important. Well, I can add anything to that. Like I, you certainly see it in in networking circles. If you go to a you know a live event now, and if it's mainly men. The, the content is like they immediately go to how many doors do you have? What's your cash flow? Um, and it's, there's a lot of posturing up when you have, you know, a more diverse crowd. Like if you have, you know, equal representation, like I feel like it's so much more civilized. <laughs> like the, no, the, no, the no, main thing. Well, like, that's that, awesome. No, that's good. <laughs> that, that is fantastic. I don't, yeah. think I don't like that <laughs> But um, no, but there's, um, I, I noticed that uh, it, it's certainly a different, uh, a different flavor. And I, I might, vibe. Yeah. The conversation is different and the perspective certainly is different as yeah. well. Thanks for asking. Awesome. All right, cool. So sorry to cut you off, Alfonso. What were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I'm glad you did because I that that's amazing. And I love that yeah. you know, you're empowering more and more people to to do that. And like you said, those challenging situations. We see so many, you know, single parents, single moms or, or single you know, rent-to-own programs that need a little bit of help and guidance through financial awareness. And whether that's just getting on your feet in basic financial awareness or now stepping it up to investing and getting that confidence to being able to do it and having you, you know, at that, you know, leading that of saying, Hey, if, you know, Fester can do it or your guests that you bring on, or, you know, Sarah, I know has been such an inspiration for so many other women, um, you know, in the right club as well too, that that's amazing. And it's only, it only makes everybody better in my opinion. So uh, kudos to you. And I, I, I'm glad, I'm glad Sarah brought that up. I was going to say, I'm excited for the lightning round because you guys have given some amazing answers to the questions we've asked so far. So I can only imagine the questions uh, or the answers that you guys will have for our lightning round. So are you guys ready? Yeah, I'm ready. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email, daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. Awesome. All right. So first question that comes to mind, you can each answer. So maybe Matt, will start with you. What is the best advice that you have ever received from another investor or at a networking event? I'd probably say, say take action. I think a lot of people get stuck and this comes up, um, the analysis paralysis, right? If you run your numbers, you know how to do that. Um, and you have your funds, um, don't get stuck at analyzing, analyzing, analyzing. You have to take action and, uh, make an offer, put yourself out there. Well said. I hope that this little snippet makes it to the beginning, Francois, when you're editing and you can <laughs> leave this part out, but I think that is, is gold. Esther, what about you? Put yourself out there and get used to being uncomfortable uh, because that's when you grow. And 2021 so far has been a very uncomfortable <laughs> but amazing year. So, you know, don't be afraid to be afraid. Uh, you'll have so much out of it. Amazing. Both like, like super awesome golden nuggets right there. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Awesome. All right. Question number two. What is your favorite resource for real estate investing? 
That's a great question. Do you want to go first? Go Um, first. Okay. So we've been listening to so many podcasts from Bigger Pockets to, as I said, Real Estate Investor, and of course, Canadian Content, Sarah, your podcast, and and the Right Club, and and, uh, Erwin Zito's one, too. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. Yes, Breakthrough, too. Um, Love Don Campbell's books as well. I know you were looking for just one answer, but (laughs) lately it's been uh, our coaching program, the masterminds, and really... Uh, you know, looking into what other investors are doing and what, what they think yeah. about certain situations that has been very helpful. The network. Yeah. I, I don't have anything to add to that. All this, all the above. Yeah. The books, um, I mean, one book, uh, like one reason, I mean, obviously I think if I could recommend a book, it would be the um, best ever syndication, uh, real estate by, uh, Joe Fairless. That was a good one. Um, you get your rich dad, poor dad, but I'm sure everybody talks about that one. Yeah. Podcast. Yeah. I think you. Awesome. All right. Very cool. Question number three, what is the attribute that has made you most successful? Matt, we'll start with you since Esther answered the last one first. Ooh, um, That's a tough question. I don't, it's going to make me feel like I'm <laughs> like, um, you're still humble. You're not. You're not bragging, but you know, maybe there's something that you can share with others. You know, a treat. I think um, like being um, not be shy to um, to to put yourself out there to talk about real estate, but improve your your people skills. A lot of people get fixed on real estate being a numbers thing. It is, um, but you know, and you're going to see a lot of people that are involved in real estate. They have accounting backgrounds, business backgrounds. But I think if um, like in terms of attributes, if you can be a good communicator, that can go a long way in terms of uh, negotiations, whether you're dealing with lawyers, because real estate is a team sport. Okay. It's a team sport. It's not, uh, you're not day trading, right? You need to be able to, whether it's communicating with tenants, communicating with the seller directly, the agents, your accountant, your lawyer, there's a lot of people involved. So being a, a good communicator is probably. Absolutely. Great answer. Esther, what about you? Um, I would say, and brace yourself because I have a hard time pronouncing this word, but it's to be able to compartmentalize. I won't repeat it twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I find, you know, life gets so busy and being able to focus on a certain task at a certain time is so crucial and time blocking. Uh, If I'm at work and I'm teaching, my prep time is for grading papers and writing report cards and planning my next lesson. If I'm at home and right after the kids go to bed, I know that's my real estate time and it's blocked in my calendar. Um, So, you know, I think time blocking and being able to focus mm-hmm. is, uh, is a big plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you don't plan it or schedule it, very seldom does it happen, right? So that's, that's great advice. Um, awesome. All right. Question number four, the last question of the lightning round. What does a typical Sunday morning look like for you guys? I mean, correct. <laughs> so, yes, yeah. we sleep in until <laughs> we sleep. In, one of us sleeps in until seven. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's what's sleeping in. Yeah, we, I mean, it, it's always with the kids. Like if it's a Sunday morning, we, uh, we're an active family. We don't, uh, we don't hang out too much at home. We get up, usually it's early, we make breakfast and then we're off maybe hiking for the day. We love doing outdoor activities, but it's playing with the kids and being parents to young children. Yes, and hiking with our dog too. Very cool. Amazing. And I know Ottawa's got lots of great spots for that. 
Awesome. Well, Esther, Matt, thank you for playing the lightning round. Where can a right club nation reach out and find out more? By email, you can reach us at matterrealestate at gmail.com. So it's matter, M-A-T-T-E-R, realestate at gmail.com. And uh, on Instagram, I'm Esther the Investor, Esther.the.investor. And um, same, same email. And uh, for my Instagram, not as active as Esther, I should probably up my game, but it's uh, Matthew.d.regan, uh, R-E-G-A-N. Yeah, tough to beat that handle, Esther the investor. That's <laughs> yes. amazing. But yeah, so many great nuggets. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. It's like it wrote itself, right? It's awesome. Um, so many great nuggets, so much great advice. Anything you want to leave the Right Club Nation with before we wrap up today? I covered a lot. Of yes, it. I just want to say uh, get out there and and be have fear but do it anyway yeah. so don't feel the fear do it uh it's gonna go well find mm -hmm. your support system there mm -hmm. is someone out there who did it and mm -hmm. who's willing to help yeah and get your, yeah get yourself out of your comfort you don't have to step way outside of your comfort zone but bit by bit a little bit outside of your comfort zone if you keep that up it goes a long way amazing i think like you guys are like 2021's power couple on the same page, <laughs> giving us tons of, and tons of great insight and golden nuggets. Thank you, Esther. Thank you, Matthew. It was amazing having you guys on. Thanks Thank so much for having Alfonso. us. Thanks, guys. The best line that I heard of that whole interview, have fear and do it anyway. That was great. What a great couple, a power couple. You called it, Sarah. You know, they're just so such great people, such a great outlook, you know, helping, supporting each other, continuing to push beyond their limits and learning and continuing to improve. Great example for everybody out there in the Right Club Nation. What did you think, Sarah? Absolutely. I loved how, you know, they were very complimentary of, uh, of each other, but they also had, you know, some different things that they were bringing to the table from a real estate investing perspective. And, uh, you know, I think it's awesome to just interview couples that are doing it, making things happen, getting out of their comfort zone together, growing together as a couple, um, super inspirational. And, uh, and I will say that, you know, they're also super humble, uh, love their jobs and, uh, and are out there to provide insights and, and help others. And I think that's, that's just amazing. So, uh, I, I really want to have them come back at some point in the future as well and, and see where they're at in their journey. But, you know, I, I love their, their positivity, their motivation, um, and their, their willingness to just give back, which is, which is great. Absolutely. Great couple, great investors, exactly what the right club is. Uh, they embody exactly what we like to work with, how many amazing people that we get to meet, interview, talk to, and network with. So if you like this podcast, please don't forget to rate, review it, share it with friends, share it with people that you know. It only helps us find more amazing people like Esther and Matthew like we did today. So until next time, Sarah, what do we say? Come grow with us. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.